we've not yet had a spectacular, speculative, FOMO, fear of missing out, blow off Roman candle move yet. Greetings, Land of Arcadia Economics. My name's Dave Kranzler of investmentresearchdynamics.com. And welcome back, or welcome for the first time, to my bi-weekly podcast hosted by Arcadia Economics. This is being recorded, by the way, on Wednesday afternoon after the FOMC circus. Uh, I decided to wait until after that to start recording it. I don't know why it was another non-event bunch of BS. I'll get to that in a second. But before I get started, I need to let everyone know that this episode is sponsored by Silver Viper, which is advancing its La Virginia project in warm and friendly Sonora, Mexico, state of Sonora. You can find the stock under VIPRF on the OTC bulletin board and VIPR.V on the TSX Venture. So yesterday I got an email. I, the the j- real junior mining stocks that I own and that I recommend in my newsletter trade under 10 cents. I don't necessarily watch the price on a day-to-day basis. These are long-term, I, I call them no expiry call options on the potential of a project. And I happen to like the potential optionality value of Silver Viper's Law of Virginia project, as well as the management's demonstrated track record of success. So, but I got an email from a subscriber who wanted to know why the stock was down. I think it was down 20%, which means it fell from 10 cents US to 8 cents US. So it was down 2 cents. And that, you know, that was basically the bid ask spread. And there wasn't any news And um, he also happened to ask me if he thought he should just get rid of the stock or if he should hold it or add more. And so I emailed Steve Cope, the CEO, because I couldn't see any news. And he he informed me, probably should have known this, that the, the shares from the latest financing, which was a unit financing, equity plus warrants, um, was the shares were freed up to trade yesterday. So that made sense. There's, a certain element that participates in these deals and they strip the warrants and when the stock frees up they dump it so that they're basically sitting on well not necessarily free warrants but extremely cheap warrants um so at any rate that's what happened that's what knocked down the stock price usually it's it's a a decent opportunity in a situation like that where nothing fundamentally has changed outlook for silver and the precious metal sector is bullish it's a good opportunity to start a position if you're interested in in the stock in the company, or maybe add to an existing position if you you don't have um, a large holdings and you're waiting for an event like this to put more cash to work in the name. Um, in terms of my view on this stock, like I said, I, it's at, at eight cents U.S. dollars. It's 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 a very cheap call option with no expiration on the project that they're advancing. And my personal view is, is that at some point they're going to demonstrate enough of a resource. And um, one of the larger silver producing mining companies down that operates in Mexico and operates in that area is going to 
take over the, the company. So I, I actually think this stock will be part of another, his company will be part of another company before they ever get to the point where they have to make a construction decision or they can make a construction decision on a mine operation. And I mean, this is the kind of stock, if the market gets hot, and I think it will, and we'll get to that in a second. If the market gets hot and silver, the price of silver takes off, this is the kind of stock that can throw off 10 times or 20 times rate of return. I mean, it can go to from 8 cents to 80 cents in a very short period of time. I've seen that happen in, in previous bull cycles in this sector. So anyway, enough of that. Um, as I mentioned, today was the, the almost monthly FOMC three-ring circus. And everyone sits on the edge of their seat. And, and I used to look forward to watching Steve Leesman sweat over the Fed policy statement, going through it punctuation mark by punctuation mark to see what changed. And the whole thing is completely idiotic. So um, the Fed hiked as expected. The Fed funds rate by a quarter percent. The target range is five and a quarter to five and a half percent. Are they finished hiking? I don't know. From the reaction in the stock market, apparently the the bubble heads and momentum chasers chasing tech stocks and and chasing the the the, the Dow stocks that are moving higher seem to think that the Fed's done hiking. The, the yield curve steepened somewhat, which suggests that the credit markets are expecting further slowdown in the economy. I don't know. We'll see. Um, I don't really have. A definitive opinion on whether or not the Fed's going to continue hiking rates. I think it's a cover job for the fact that to really attack price inflation, it needs to shrink its balance sheet, which it's doing at an infinitesimally slow rate. And that's why inflation continues to remain persistent. And I actually think we're probably going to see inflation start to take off again. We're already seeing it in the housing market with, with home prices existing home prices. We're seeing it with rents, not in every region of the country, but generically nationally, yes. Food prices continue to rise. And I just saw a thing on the news today. Uh, the price of gasoline per gallon had the largest price hike in a long time, at least here in Denver. So um, one thing that I did want, I thought was really amusing, is that on uh on Twitter, which is I, I follow breaking news to get the, the headlines from the FOMC. And you can see here that um, the Fed described economic activity in June as expanding at a moderate pace, or I guess currently expanding at a at a moderate pace versus a modest pace in June. And what the hell is the difference between moderate and modest? Okay, so I looked it up and According to the Fed's idiotic lexicon, moderate means um, slightly stronger than modest. Well, frankly, I was an English major. I took an advanced class in semiotics and the meaning behind words. These two things mean basically the same thing. And it, it boils back to what James Turk said on a podcast that he did with Chris on Arcadia Economics. And if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend it. It's one of the few guys that I pay attention to anymore um, in terms of, of precious metals commentary. And, and um, But at any rate, um, he basically said outright, the Fed tells us what they want us to hear. They lie. That's what they do. And so 
I mean, honestly, for those who subscribe to my short sellers journal, I've made the case for the last several months that the economy is essentially in a recession, particularly manufacturing, um, housing, the housing market's in a recession, despite what we've, you know, all the hoopla about home sales ticking up. Well, no, they're not ticking up. They're going back down again. So um, I don't think the Fed's in a position where it's going to be able to um, cut down the size of his balance sheet aggressively. And in that being the case, we've got inflation here and it's going to be sticky and it's probably going to get worse again. Um, moving on, there's been a couple interesting developments that have to do with um, the use of the dollar in trade settlement, global trade settlement. And um, many of you have probably already seen these headlines. But uh, there's there's definitely a definitive movement, particularly by the Eastern Hemisphere block of countries and the BRIC, you know, the, the BRIC consortium. Um, and there there's a there's a concerted effort to move away from using the dollar in trade settlement, especially when they're trading bilaterally. And this was interesting. This this came out, I guess, I guess it came out about a week and a half ago. And India and the United Arab Emirates has have agreed to settle their bilateral trade in rupees. So previously they were using dollars, no longer. And it's not a huge amount. I think I think the article said it's 84 billion. It's I'm sure it's all oil for the most part. Um, and and um, what that means though is that these the central banks in these countries. Uh, can further reduce their dollar reserve holdings, and they're they're moving to increase the their reserve holdings in their respective currencies, and that's what all of these Eastern Hemisphere Bloc BRIC BRIC consortium countries are starting to do. Next thing that I think you guys have probably saw, I, I think Chris might have did a podcast and included this in it, but uh, this just came out um, earlier this week, and. It, um, According to a report in Nikkei Asia, um, the yuan exceeds the dollar in China's bilateral trade for the first time ever. So in other words, it's using more of its trade is being settled in yuan than in dollars, which I find interesting. And this is going to continue. And the reason that I'm bringing all of this up is because, in my opinion, we still have a another what I think will be rabid, massive move higher in the precious metals sector. And the reason why I say that is pretty pretty simplistic, simplistic, I guess. We've been in a a twenty two year secular bull market in the sector. And <laughs> sorry about this this graphic but i'm not a graphic artist and a lot of my charts sometimes suck but it will it will um illustrate the point that i'm trying to make so this is a weekly chart of the gold price it goes from from 2000 to the present and right here at the bottom is where the secular bull market that we're currently in, in the precious metal sector. That's where it began. I just added this green arrow because shortly thereafter, 
is where I started getting involved when a good friend of mine at the time dragged me into the sector and away from shorting tech stocks. So, but we have not yet seen, I think we can all agree that a, a bull market ends with a, with a just rabid parabolic move higher. And we've not yet had a spectacular speculative FOMO, fear of missing out, blow off Roman candle move yet. But I think it's coming. And I think that any number of factors could trigger that. But so I just, I didn't know how to do this chart elegantly. So I just cobbled it together. But you can see here and, here, you know, here's here's the first move that we had. It was somewhat rabid and speculative, but not like, you know, if you want to look at what I'm talking about, look at the the, the last days of 19, the 1929 rally before before the market crashed. Look at what the market did in 1987 before the Dow crashed 25 percent in one day. Um, look at what the tech sector did that the Nasdaq ran from, I want to say, about 2200 to 5500 back then don't hold me to those numbers but it's ballpark um in a very very short period of time before the tech before the tech stocks crashed and i think that's what we we still have ahead of us a move like that in the precious metal sector we have not seen it yet this is not that kind of move this this move that we had from 2001 to 2011 um that was that was just a cyclical bull move inside this secular bull market and we've had a a long period of consolidation and correction here um this has gotten all the froth out of it as as all of you know the sentiment in this sector is terrible right now it's as bad as i've seen it in the last 20 what is it 21 years 22 years that i've been involved in the sector it's as bad as it was at at the depths of the 2011 to 2015 um bear little little mini bear cycle um it's as bad as it was when i first entered the sector i mean it was bad then because there weren't that many people who were even looking at the sector but it's it's bad right now and that usually is the sign that we're getting ready to bottom and we can look at the chart here this is that infamous or famous handle to this cup and it's been bouncing up against the top end here it's got you know it's done it three times well really twice since since it started forming. And in my opinion, we're gonna take off like this at some point. And I'm not, I'm not gonna put a time frame on it. Um, I think the move could get started this fall. It could get started in August. And as I said, there's any number of factors that could trigger it. And as you all know, inflation is not being tamed. At some point, the Fed, it will have to pivot unless it has a reason why it wants to let the banking system collapse. The treasury needs to fund several trillion more in treasury issues to fund its ever expanding deficits and the geopolitical risk that that we're seeing right now is not even remotely priced into the price of gold so um this is my view and until i'm proven wrong i'm sticking with it and um i hope everyone's having a good summer so far and just just remember try to enjoy what you can as much as you can while you still can because when we do have a move like this it's going to be fun for us but we're probably not going to like what we see outside our windows 
So be thankful if you've, you've had the foresight to accumulate physical gold and silver and say, keep it yourself. And until next time, get the hell outside and away from your screens and try to enjoy summer. <laughs>